How's it going, everybody? You are listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and on today's show, we have got former president of South Africa and civil rights leader Nelson Mandela and 20th century American actor Peter Fonda. If you like these performers, you gotta check them out. Peter Fonda at DePacheco on Twitter and uh, his uh, magnet house team good and evil you also want to check out uh nelson mandela on the armando diaz experience every saturday at 7 30 p.m at the magnet theater a uh, little housekeeping before we get to the episode proper don't forget that you can always check out the freshest episodes of famous dead people every monday at 3 p.m on radio free brooklyn hit us up at famous dead people at radiofreebrooklyn.org rate and review the podcast tell your friends check out jarrettberenstein.com for all the latest updates on upcoming projects and shows live shows the videos are still coming every tuesday on my youtube and on my facebook fan page and we have the next installment of stand up 2020 is going to be friday january 3rd at 7 30 p.m at the pit theater on 24th street our headliner for this month is gary gullman stacked lineup and all proceeds go to voting rights organizations like spread the vote fair fight swing left it's it's a great place to support a good cause and also to register to vote or if you want to get involved with some great uh local politics organizations you got to come to stand up 2020 first friday of every month january we got gary goldman the man's a legend you can't miss this show but for now you know sit back relax and enjoy peter fonda and nelson mandela only on famous dead people it's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are 20th century American actor, director, and screenwriter. Famous for movies like Easy Rider, Peter Fonda. Thank you for having me, Jared. And anti-apartheid revolutionary and philanthropist, former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela. I am glad to be here. Uh, Mr. Mandela, Mr. Fonda, thank you so much for being with us here today on Famous Dead People. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's been a while since I've been interviewed, so. Oh, yeah. Yes, well, I would say the same for me. Uh, so great to have you guys here. Uh, let's start off with um, Peter Fonda, if I may. So yes, you had sir. an incredible career in the film industry. Thank but you for saying so. Arguably, your greatest contribution was ushering in the the sort of like the 1970s era of filmmaking with your movie, Easy Rider. I, yeah, I it's agree with that. It's a movie that was made on a shoestring budget mm -hmm. about two long-haired bikers traveling through America on their way to do acid and Mardi Gras. Uh, and for the people at home, would you just mind like painting a picture of what movie making was like before Easy Rider? Like, what was the system that your little independent production was different from? Well, you hit the nail on the head. We mm. blew the system wide open. Yeah. Before man. us, it was a studio system. Mm. Tell was, us about it. For it people was, that not, don't know anything about the studio system. Sure. Well, you had young starlets and star... 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 Links. Stars. <laughs> starlets were the female. Starlings were the male version. Starlings? Starlings, yeah. Oh, I've never yeah. heard that before. 
You haven't? I thought it was just stars and starlets. No, it's a real thing. Starlings. Interesting. Starlings. Okay. Starlings. These are the young guys starting out. You know, once oh. you get older, you are a star, yes. male or female. Yes. Mm-hmm. You'd get, you'd get, you'd get them in there. And you remove the gender if you become a star, but until then, right? Genders, gender becomes less important the more famous you get, and the more successful you are. Yeah, the more successful right. you are. So that's they would right. come in, they'd get dance lessons, voice lessons, mm, archery. You know, archery, ballet, tap. Ooh. Voice. Did I say voice? I think so, yeah. So you're basically saying like the studio would sculpt these young people. They would mold these starlings and starlets Mm -hmm. into the stars of tomorrow, you know, discus Mm. throwing, javelin. Discus throwing? A distance running. Was this just in case they made a movie about the Olympics? This was, they wanted to create the most perfect human specimen, like Captain America style. Oh, okay. So that that's why all these people were so beautiful on screen. Oh, interesting. I just assumed that, that the movie industry attracted beautiful people to it. You would but think you're saying so. the studio would like make them beautiful. Oh, by being... they would grab schlubs off the street. Oh, who really? Had no business being in front of a camera. Oh, my God. Because you could get them for cheap. Wow. You know. So you're saying that like um God, who's a who's a beautiful actor or actress? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe, for example. Yeah, you see any old pictures of her, she was a real wreck. She <laughs> she was a wreck. She was a wreck. Oh you know. god. So you're saying every actor, every successful pre nineteen sixty nine, every Oh, that's right, because this is this isn't that you changed. Absolutely. Pre nineteen sixty nine. It was so, all schlubs off the street. So Fred Astaire, Ginger Rogers. Two left feet. Fred Astaire had yeah. two left feet. Couldn't it, tell Where did they find right. these people then? If it was literally they, on the street in front of the Paramount Studios. They would just like rope them in. Oh yeah. They had ropes. <laughs> They'd rope them in. <laughs> okay, so so you're a it young was, actor. And I was disgusted by the whole thing. Wow. Do they have like, you have the contract in your hand and, and they're like, my, uh, the contract you is just in my sign hand. this, we are going to straight, we're going to shoot you on over to your archery lessons. I was a young Peter starling. Fonda. I had a four o'clock archery lesson that day and my hand was shaking. It was a fountain pen. Oh my God. And a blot of ink just fell and I caught it with my other hand. <laughs> Mission Impossible style. <laughs> Because I didn't. Because in that moment, my future life flashed before my eyes, and I saw what I was going to be. And, and I if was even one drop of ink made it onto that page, studio rules. <laughs> if even one been, drop of ink, while I'm holding in. the pen, I would have been in uh, for a penny and for a pound. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And so and then, I, what did you do then? Well, I tore that contract up, mm-hmm. and I got in a big brawl. With all the men in that room. Oh my, were they trying to force you to sign the contract? No, they were like, well, this has been nice. If you don't want, you can leave if you want to. And <laughs> do you, can I get you water? And I just started swinging. <laughs> started seem, swinging. Doesn't really seem like you were provoked there, Peter Fonda. Well, you weren't there. <laughs> Sometimes you have to fight just to fight, right, Peter? Ooh, oh, that's actually lit. Coming least. from you, that means so much. It really does. And actually leads in really nicely to my first question to you, uh, Nelson Mandela. But I want to finish up talking about this uh, studio system now. So you saw the system. You saw the way that movies were being made. Yeah. And you were like, I saw it like Matrix code. So just yeah. I could see my whole life laid out ahead of me. I was going to be a star mm-hmm. who could sing and dance, and throw a javelin like nobody's business. Discus. I have to imagine that like coding is in it now, like the studio system now. They yeah. probably have coding you've classes. Gotta, you've got to be, be able to make an app yeah. that is at least 4.5 stars on the app store before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because they're bringing it back, the studio anybody, system. Anybody, anybody They're bringing can back the studio system. App. Yeah. Uh, so then what was your what was your movie set like then? Easy Rider. Well, my movie set, yeah. we got people who wanted to be in the movie. So you weren't kidnapping We were not kidnapping. <laughs> I never said homeless, but yes, most of Off them were the homeless. Yeah. These were 
people with homes and jobs, successful careers, mm -hmm. surgeons, mostly sur a lot of surgeons. What do you mean? Like the people in the studio system or the ones that you got for Easy Rider? The Rider? people that we got for Easy Rider. Gotcha, gotcha. Were people who had been surgeons for a long time. You got mostly, a lot of surgeons the on, the, on the show. I wouldn't say a lot, but of the, I guess, 13 principal people behind, behind the scenes, uh, 12 were surgeons. 12 were surgeons. Yeah. And yeah. so... I I can't imagine that that was intentional. You're just nope. like, all right. I just said uh, anybody wants to get into the business and it's just attracted a certain type of person. Just get here. You know? Easy writer. Man. Yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it. But these people were people who wanted to be in the business. They wanted to make this movie. Yeah. So with we you. yeah. So we had uh, we had free free range cameras. They call them. You know what? what <laughs> when you don't have a a rig, you call it a free range camera. I didn't so know we, that. Didn't know they called it that. Called I heard it, that yeah. these cameras they. They roam around the uh, studio. Yeah, when we're not using them, we just let them roam around. Interesting. Pick yeah. corn out of the grass. I also read that you can't point a free-range camera anywhere. It's just going to look wherever it wants. It's going to look where it wants. So you have to be, you have to move the action of the movie in front of the camera, no matter where it goes. Absolutely, you're, you're running around. There's no such thing as hitting your mark. Yeah, it's There's just no getting marks. in front of the camera. But it looks. The picture you get is so warm. Yeah, it really looks different, Easy Rider. It yeah. looks free. You know, that's it, the secret. It looks like you're seeing what the camera wants to see. Yeah. And that really makes it different for the content. I, I don't even know if they have free range cameras anymore. Yeah, to be honest. I don't know. It, it, it's probably uh, everything's so corporate these yeah, days. Absolutely. The McDonaldization of indie films. I, I do have a lot more questions about Easy Rider, but I want to go over to Nelson Mandela for just a moment. All right. Uh, so, you know, we were talking about this, uh, this brawl. That Peter Fonda got into. Ah, yes. And you were saying, like, sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. He's got to fight. Yeah. Know? To fight is to fight. You know? Yeah. So you are, everybody knows, you're this revered civil rights leader. Everybody knows. Everybody this. knows. Jared, why are you saying it? Everybody you knows. Did incredible work organizing and leading the resistance of apartheid in South Africa. You should see the spreadsheet, Jared. What do you mean the spreadsheet? The spreadsheet. That, that, that is how I organized everything, you know. There oh, are like, tabs there, you know. You have to have a name here yes. and an email. Oh, and not a email, location. Like a, like, a, like a phone number and an address. First, that you'd know where to mail out all your flyers mm, and stuff. Mm, is mm. that so? Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, so all your activism, it, up to a point, it followed the philosophy of nonviolent resistance. Similar to what Gandhi was doing in India. But in 1955, when you were 37 years old, there was an incident that convinced you that violent action would be necessary to end apartheid in South Africa. And I'd like to ask you about that incident, if I may. Ah, uh, that day. I remember yeah. it. Well. So, yeah, the Wikipedia says that uh, it was an unsuccessful protest to prevent the forced relocation of black people from the suburbs. Is that mm. correct? Mm. Yes. Well, that was a part of it, Jerry. Okay. You know. So, yeah, you guys uh, are trying to stop the government from forcing black people to move out of the suburbs. Yes, yes, yes. We we, we were trying to do this very very peacefully, Jerry. Mm. Uh, we, we, we set up a barbecue, Jerry. You know, okay. yes. Uh, I am known for my ribs, Jerry. <laughs> uh, I make. I uh, that's what you're known for. Yes, Nelson. <laughs> Nelson, no. You know, you read, you read about me being a freedom fighter first, and then you read about me. 
being a grill master second. I didn't, uh, yeah. I, yes. It's not on the Wikipedia anywhere. Oh, but eh? I believe it. I well, believe it. Eh, Wikipedia does not know everything, Jared. That's a really good Wake point. Wake up, Jared. They do not know the secret sauce, Jared, mm -hmm. okay. that I use in my special sauce. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, it so is please. very good, you know. I, I won't tell you the secret, Jared. You cannot get it out of me. But what I will say is that pineapple juice is a part of it. <laughs> Yes, Jared. You okay. need that sweetness believe, in the sauce, Nelson Jared. Mandela, I believe that you have an incredible... I also incredible add a lot of pepper, Jared. A lot of barbecue skills, but I'd like to know more about the oh, incident oh, yes, yes, itself. Yes, yes, yes. The incident oh, of, course, for, uh, of course, of course. What made you think that nonviolent resistance was not going to be enough to end apartheid in South Africa? Oh, they would not taste my, they would not taste my food, Jared. What do you mean they wouldn't taste your I, food? I spent days, I spent days brining. Grinding mm -hmm. that pork, Jerry. Yeah, it takes barbecue takes food. time. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I used to box, Jerry. Oh, yeah, I did see that on your Wikipedia. Yes, yeah. yes, I said, taste it. These ribs are very good. The sauce is secret. Who were you saying this to? I was saying it to the people. Just to anybody that was there? Well, yeah, you know, the people who tried to remove us. Huh? Gotcha. So you I'm know? guessing this is some sort of like uh, National Guard or police officers or something. I call them assholes. Just assholes. Yes. Okay, so these assholes. They came in, Jared. Mm -hmm. I said, hey, we're just having a barbecue here. Mm -hmm. Hey, we're just hanging out. Hey, try the sauce. They would not try the sauce. I, I could not stop myself. I punched <laughs> him in his face. Oh, my God. Hey, well, sometimes violence is necessary. <laughs> I worked all day, Jared. You don't understand. You it doesn't understand. It kind of feels like you, you. This wasn't for the movement. It kind of feels like this wasn't for the resistance. It just feels like you were upset that this guy didn't try your barbecue. Well, have you ever tried? You've never tried, eh? I haven't tried your barbecue. Yeah, I've had barbecue We will have to do that tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I don't have any plans for tomorrow. What about you, uh, Peter Fonda? You want to go have barbecue I'll with have Nelson Bump Mandela? I'll have barbecue, and you better believe I'll have some of that sauce. Yeah, yes, uh, the secret that I won't tell you about is pineapple, Jared. This is not going out, <laughs> right, to I'll anyone sure else. I'll make sure to edit your secret edit ingredient out. out. I appreciate so it. So you punch someone in the face for not eating your barbecue. Yes, and then they ask us to leave, Jared. Mm, gotcha. So some authority figure that was trying to remove black people from the suburbs the wouldn't assholes. taste your barbecue sauce. So I'm just love picturing this scene. So you ask him to taste the sauce. He says, no, thank you. You punch him in the face. He shakes his head, looks at you and says, I think you should leave. I think you all should leave. And was that it? And then the, the protest was over? Well, yeah, yes, you know, we packed up. Because uh, I would assume they would retaliate in some way. Oh, oh, they, you know, they tried with bullets. And, and, okay, that's uh, yes, like it. Yes, you know, it was, uh, it was an ugly scene. Wait, wait, Jared. hold on a second. Rubber hold bullets. Hold on a second, hold on a second. So, so he said, I think you guys should leave. I think you should get out of here. And then also he tried with bullets? Like, was the bullets first, and then he asked you to leave second? Like... What, oh. is, what does that mean exactly? Eh, well, you know, when you get punched in the face and you have a gun, you mm -hmm. try to use it, Jerry. Oh, I see. And they try so, to use it. So on they me. fired their guns. They fired their guns in the air. Just in the air to scare you? Yes, yes. Uh, we were not scared, Jerry. Mm, okay. Because they were firing in the air where you guys were not. And rubber bullets, so. Yeah, so mm -hmm. when they came down, they did not hurt, you know. <laughs> the bullets, they, they have to come down. It's like a massage, what, basically. What goes up? Must yeah, come must down. come down. And so then, after firing in the air did not suffice to disperse the crowd, yeah, they got, said... Things got rowdy. 
would you please leave? And then, and then, like a brawl happened. Is that what the you mean? A brawl happened. Wow. Uh, 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 what is the word I'm I'm looking for, Jared? Uh, skirmish. Uh, skirmish. Uh, no, Fisticuffs. Uh, uh, Donny Brook. Donny Brook. You, you've heard of this word. Donny Brook. Do you know this? Donny Brook. Donny Brook. This is the word. I'm, what does I this am mean? pretty sure this is the, the, the uh, Donny Brook. Uh, you know, like a crazy fight. Uh, uh, legs and arms flying everywhere, punches Ooh. being thrown. I didn't know that that uh, was an expert. Did you know Donnie about Brooke, that, Peter? Right? No, that sounds great. Uh, I'm start a Donnybrook. I am pretty sure I learned that in university. <laughs> oh. I am pretty sure. Donnybrook. That's really interesting. Okay. Uh, a Donnybrook. So then a Donnybrook happens. And uh, and you guys are are dispersed. The, we the are pro- dispersed. Wikipedia says the protest failed. Eh, so after this Donnybrook, the protesters they they leave. And could you believe they? After all of that, Jerry, they did not even try my barbecue. They never tried the barbecue. I'm I'm assuming the barbecue was untouched by uh, the brawl. No. It was just there, pristine. That was the on only thing we were protecting. Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. It's interesting that this that this uh, protest that failed and that inspired you to believe that violence is sometimes necessary. It seems like it failed because you were violent. It seems like it failed because you punched. Someone, and then I started a brawl, it and then the, the protest was unsuccessful. It is the one thing I regret in my life. Hmm. Yeah. I just it doesn't it doesn't add up to me, Nelson Mandela. It seems like the violence might have been the problem, and then maybe if you just kept on being nonviolent, that everything would have been okay. Yes, maybe, uh, maybe I have to tell you. I mean, maybe that guy could have tried the sauce. Yeah, know? he could have tried. The, I mean, listen. I'm not here arguing that what South Africa did was okay. Like, I don't think that they should have been doing apartheid at but, all. But I worked so hard on this sauce, Jerry. And they should have tried your sauce. And hey, they should have tried your sauce, Mosman. Hey, but maybe I, I shouldn't have. Uh, I got so upset, Jared. I saw red. Mm. I saw red like my sauce, which is a beautiful, beautiful red color. And what, what makes which, it red, by the way? Which secret ingredient oh. we will never know. No, 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 no. It is. I tell you though, it is not the secret pineapple juice that makes it. <laughs> what it is, it is the cherries I use. This sauce is very sweet. Jerry. Cherries. This sauce wow. is very sweet. But fresh, it, fresh cherries or maraschino cherries? Yeah, the, the, fuck that maraschino. You get out of here with that fresh. Fresh, fresh. cherries, pineapple juice, very fruity. Very sweet. Very fruity sauce. barbecue sauce. That uh, sounds delicious. But, but tangy, Jerry. But tangy. a lot of pepper, too. Yeah. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela. Uh, for the people I am here. And 20th century American actor and director Peter Fonda. Hello. Uh, so let's go back over to Peter Fonda for just a moment. So you were born Can in... Can I just talk about that strobe light thing that's uh, happening right now? It's completely unimportant. Okay. It means someone's downstairs trying to get in. It's so. freaking me out. No big deal. I'm having a class A freak out right now. <laughs> I feel like I am in the club. Jerry. You guys are having acid flashbacks? Oh, well, I never took acid. Mm-hmm. You oh. never took acid? Me? No. That is contrary to... One of my questions, but we will get to that, okay. I guess, at, All right. uh, at the time. The truth will come out. So uh, you were born at ni- Peter Fonda. You were born in 1940 in New York City. The son of the actor Henry Fonda, mm-hmm. your older sister Jane Fonda. Mm-hmm. Something I didn't know about you, you accidentally shot yourself on your 11th birthday. You shot yourself in the abdomen and nearly died. Is that right? I nearly died, but it wasn't on an accident. Oh, my God. So can you tell us a story of, like, what happened? Sure, absolutely. I Seems, s- so you're saying it was on purpose? It was on purpose. Okay. Yeah. 
I said, uh, oh, I wonder what getting shot in the abdomen feels like. And you're 11 years it's old. 11 years old. And you think, I want to know what this experience is like. Yeah, you know, you hear stories about war and, you know, how men are made. And I mm -hmm. just really wanted to be a man. I thought the fastest way would be to experience the, uh, the agony. Or maybe it didn't hurt at all. Who yeah, knew? Maybe I didn't it would know. be nice. I didn't know. You never That's know. That's the thing. You don't know. You don't know until you try things. You, you never know things. until you try. How they are. You yeah. know? I've been saying this for decades. So I got my grandma's rifle off the mountain. You got a rifle? Above, a rifle. Oh, my God. Off the, uh, it was a twenty two caliber rifle. So it wasn't okay. that big of, a, mm, yeah. big of a deal, you know? Got it off the, the hearth mm -hmm. over the fireplace and I uh, put it in my abdomen and I said, uh, here we go. <laughs> and I, just here we go. I was said, that important to you, part of the process? Well, you got to ramp up to, to it. You know, yeah. you can't just you know you can't just uh, pull the trigger. So I mm. said, "Here we go." And I closed my eyes and I pulled the trigger. And uh, can I tell you something? That hurt. I bet it did. It did. Yeah, some things you can extrapolate, but again, you don't know. Luckily, I missed every vital organ. It just went into your gut. Just went into the gut, out through the back. Wow. So got, got the exit wound. Yeah. Uh, and now, then I just climbed a tree and just hung out for a while. Wait, you didn't go to the hospital or anything like that? No, 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 no. I didn't. See, this was. I wanted to be a man, you know? And you hear about these battlefield injuries, and there's no hospital out there. The best mm -hmm. you can get is a tent, maybe a piece of rawhide to chew on. So then what was the tree part of it? How was the tree part of that equation? Though? I just got distracted. <laughs> just wanted to go into I just, a tree. I was, I was planning to go to the tree anyway, and I said, well, this is my 4 o'clock, and, uh, you know, you can't compromise on your schedule. You know? have that's, to that's, keep that's, up that's, as a young man. That's how I got into filmmaking, you know, keeping things on track. It's so. important to be professional. I said, well, I'm going to have to take care of this eventually, obviously, mm -hmm. but I have that 4 o'clock tree climb. So Now, there is a story that you were hanging out with John Lennon and George Harrison, mm -hmm. and that you three were doing LSD and that they wrote the song She Said, She Said about you telling them this story about you shooting them, you shooting yourself in the stomach. Well, most of that's true. They had acid. They offered. I said, no, thanks. I've got my own drugs to do here in this little, little pouch. Okay. You know, the so wack, wacky tobacco. Gotcha. So you were just smoking weed. No, I was smoking cigarettes. You are smoking cigarettes? Yeah. You know, that wacky tobacco. I think that, do you know that Wacky Tobacky, people generally refer to that as marijuana. I don't think that's people true. People use that as like a Tobacky is for, short for tobacco. Yes. Which is a cigarette. But they put the wacky in front of it to mm -hmm. let people know it's that it's fun. different it's fun than to regular cigarettes. tobacco. <laughs> I really don't think you're right about that. <laughs> Nelson Mandela, you want to you wanna back I, me up on I, this? I, I, if you heard I, somebody say Wacky Tobacky. I would think, hey, I, what, what a fun cigarette this is. <laughs> fun, normal cigarette. What a Fun. We, we're going to have a party with the cigarette. Okay. Yeah, Do you so. ever give anybody something and say, this is some wacky tobacco? And oh, have all them? the time. All the time. Were anybody ever disappointed? by what Jack they... Nicholson spat in my face. Of course. I would be upset, too, if I thought I was getting high. I'm just putting it together it now because I thought he was spitting out the tobacco juice and that he missed and hit me in the face. Is that a thing that happens when you smoke a cigarette? You have to spit out the tobacco juice? Oh, the way I make them, you do, yeah. Oh, they're really I juicy. I use real wet tobacco. Real wet, juicy yeah. tobacco. Let it drip into my mouth. <laughs> sounds... And you gotta spit. That sounds delicious. <laughs> so, it is, it is. So, yeah, you... The secret is... Mm -hmm. It's, uh... Well, I'm not gonna juice. tell you what the no? secret is. <laughs> okay. But 
It's got it's got a little bit of cane sugar uh, Ooh, juice. It sounds delicious. You know, pa, sugar cane juice. That sounds like a smooth smoke. Ooh, baby. Some uh, Peter Fonda brand wacky tobacco. Yeah. So which they, is so, again just a regular cigarette. Just, a fun <laughs> so I was hanging out with two of the Beatles. Yes, George Harrison and John Lennon. And I told them that story about getting shot, and they said, wow. Now, were they said, tripping at this time? They were tripping balls, Okay, Jared. and you're just smoking your cigarettes. I was tripping on my cigarette, okay. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, getting, getting that sweet cane juice and tobacco mm-hmm. down my gullet, okay. swirling around, spitting it on their floor. And so you tell them the story. Of- I tell them the story. Yeah. And uh, and then the the part where she said was my mom came out and she she oh, said she said uh, you're you're leaving blood trails everywhere what's going on and then you're and in the I tree said, and I said give me ten minutes <laughs> and uh, she's like I respect you I respect your time <laughs> she came back later she said, the, she says the blood trail's gotten bigger she said I got to take you to the hospital at that point I had passed out. Okay. So they just had to cut the tree down. <laughs> I'm really glad that your mom respected your decision. <laughs> we had a really good relationship. All right. I respect your boundaries, she, Peter. She respected my boundaries. Wow, that's an incredible story. Let's go back over to uh, Nelson Mandela for just a moment. Uh, yeah. So you, of course, were born in 1918 in, in Umtata, uh, in, in the southern tip of Africa. Yeah. Uh, and when you were born, you were given the, the forename Roli... Lala, Roli Lala, Lala. Roli Lala, which translates to troublemaker. And so do you think this was like serendipitous that you were eventually given this, that you were given this name that you would eventually become this great like rabble rouser for justice? Or did you have like behavior as a child that they saw and then they were like, oh, this kid's a troublemaker. We should name him troublemaker. Well, you know, I, 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 am, uh, I am known for my practical jokes when I was young. Jay. Oh, okay. Uh, there, you know, some people did the regular, uh, you know, a thumbtack in a chair, Jared. Mm, classic. For the, for the teacher. Classic. And no, 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 no. I did not do that, right? Well, what I did was I put daggers in the chair. <laughs> oh. Yes. Did, uh, did I would anybody tell the ever... teacher, hey, you, you need to rest. This is when I was eight years old, you remember. I said, hey, you need to rest. You should probably sit down. Mm. There is no dagger there. <laughs> That is, I would tell them. I would tell them that. I mean, and obviously there was a dagger there, so yeah, that's they, part of the prank. They fell for it every time. Jerry. They would fall for it. Yes, that's yes. the thing. I think the thing is when you put a tack on a chair, that attack is something that could be overlooked because it's so small. But I feel like a dagger, you would see a dagger if you looked at the chair before you sat on oh, it. Oh, you would be surprised how many people well, do not look. Mm. Also, what if somebody's telling you there's no dagger in the chair? That's thing is, like, I think that Didn't Nelson Mandela is so you're so powerful. Like, you have such a I was powerful. People just believe you, yes. you know. And so, I think that when you tell someone there's no dagger in their chair, they're just like inspired by you, <laughs> by you, and they just want to give you trust, right? I don't, I don't know where it comes from, Jimmy. I think it's just something that's you know some people are just born great, with it. I guess some people are just born with an energy like that. The other practical joke I used to do is uh, I used to put uh, cats on top of the door, you know, and <laughs> when people will would come into the room, I would call, I would say, "Mother, come into the room. I I have something to show you." The cat would fall. Fall onto her head. So where other people would put like a bucket of water up on the door, and then when they opened the door, the water would fall on them. You put a cat. Cats are very feisty. A live cat. A live cat. He would he would fall from the sky, mm-hmm. fall onto the head, go crazy. It was very <laughs> funny. How, how'd you get that him? To, funny. How'd you get him to stay up there? Uh, you know, I talked to them. 
And you would say, just stay here until just the... Just stay here, cat. Here's the other thing. Cats are pretty nimble. Like, I feel like if somebody opened a door, the cat could just choose to stay on the door instead of falling on the person. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not, not a... Well, me and the cat, we, we shared the uh, wacky tobacco before. So uh, you uh, would have cigarettes. With the cat. That, with the cat. That was also the trouble I got in. Gotcha. Smoking the cigarettes. You're really not supposed to smoke cigarettes at that young of an age. At eight years or, old. Or with animals. And everybody's it like... It was a different time. There it, is, Peter Fonda, there is no rule against smoking tobacco with animals. Well, I'm going to check. Uh, that can't be right. I'm going to check the rule book. I really here. don't think there is. If you Checking ask the, the cat first. I'm going to check the high school basketball <laughs> rule book here. Just thumb through this. That's the only rule book that I have available. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, anything there about uh, smoking a Let's cigarette? Say smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette right with your animal? Nope. No? Yeah. So, oh, yeah, no big deal. Me. You got me. You must ask the cat for consent, of course. Yes. Consent is very important, of course. The cat... He, he wanted to smoke. It almost seems like you built up a, a rapport with this cat because you were smoking cigarettes with it. And then this understanding happened where the cat wanted to land on the person that you were playing the prank on. Yeah, me and that cat. We were we were a duo. Mm. I called that cat Tiki. Like, uh, ooh, Tiki and... Tiki the cat. Roly Lala. Roly Lala and Tiki. Roly Lala and Tiki. We were, just... we were like Bunny and Clyde, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Like we a great pr- film. Pr- Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Pranking all over. Now, as part of your education, you would sometimes listen to uh, oral African history from traveling elders. And there was one visiting chief named Joy Yi who had a particular influence on you as his stories tended to have an anti-imperialist moral. Is that right? Mm. Mm, Do you remember mm. any of those stories? I'd love to hear a quick Jolie and the anti-imperialist. Uh, yes, that's so a, inspired you. This this was my favorite story that Jolie told me, and I do not know if it is true or not, Jolie. Mm. But mm. it is a story about an emperor who had new clothes, Jolie. <laughs> These clothes could not be seen by people, Jolie. But the guy told him, Jolie. He told. The emperor, no, these are the most famous clothes, Jared. Wear, wear these clothes, emperor. Okay, even though no one can see them. Nobody can see these clothes. Okay. Hey, this is a story that I have never heard anywhere else, Jared, okay. except from Jolie. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. It was a powerful story. How does the story end? It ends with the emperor finally realizing. And then that's when Jolie stopped. He stopped the story. So I. So you don't even know how the story. Well, but it. I felt I. I made up my own ending. <laughs> well, I want to hear what your ending is yes. when we get back from break. Uh, we do have to take a short break. We will be right back with Famous Peter Fonda and Nelson Mandela on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on 
Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are anti-apartheid revolutionary and philanthropist, former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela. I am here. And 20th century American actor, director, screenwriter, famous for movies like Easy Rider, Peter Fonda. I am sitting over here. Now, before the break, we were listening to this um, old tale that an African elder told Nelson Mandela. I'm on the edge of my seat. That was about an emperor who got these invisible clothes and he realizes something but then the elder didn't didn't tell Nelson Mandela what the end of the story was and so Nelson Mandela made up his own ending and we and we just really want to know what the ending of the story yes, is. Yes, yes, yes. This elder told me that what happened, what the, what the emperor realized is that these clothes did not exist. Oh my God! Yes. So there were no clothes. There were no clothes at all. So he was just naked then. So then he went to the Gap, Jared, the emperor. He went to the Gap and he bought a pair of jeans. And these he went to a store to get jeans. A yes. store called the Gap. Yeah. Yes, he went to the store called the Gap, mm. and that is how the Gap became. As famous as it is. This it almost the, seems like this is an origin story for the gap as opposed to a it's like pro pro capitalist. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost pro imperialist. Well, hey. But this is the end that you gave this, it, right? This Nelson is the end. This is the end I gave it. Yeah. Uh, you know. I guess and, if you hate the gap, it's anti imperialist. <laughs> I do hate I do hate the yeah, gap. There you mm-hmm. go. Those jeans do not fit, Jerry. They're not good for your body type, they Nelson don't, Mandela. They don't work for these thick thighs, Jerry. That's what I was gonna say. They're s- always too long. Too. I thought that was gonna be number one on your Wikipedia. Like he just has this body type that's just not gonna work for gap clothes. It does not I, I cannot deal with the gap. Let's uh go I back. am still working. Let's uh I'm sorry, what? I am still working to take down the gap, Jerry. To tra- t- take down the gap. Yes. Well, you have our support. I do not care what happens to the gap. What about you, Peter Fonda? I want them to fail. All right. So the three of us, we're gonna have some barbecue and we're going to try to take down the gap. That's our project for after this. Their pants are always too long. Mm, for Peter Fonda. For Peter Fonda. Uh so let's go back over to Peter Fonda for just a moment. So by the mid nineteen sixties, you had done a fair amount of acting for film and television, but That's you right. had established yourself as a nonconformist. You grew your hair along. Uh, you know, you, you were hanging out with people on LSD all the time. Mm. People thought you were on LSD. Yeah. And that's all over the Wikipedia that you did LSD like a bunch, but you're saying that you didn't. I didn't. And I believe Never you. Never did. And this made getting good acting work more difficult. Especially the long hair. The long hair. a deal breaker for a lot of studios. So does that have to do with like, you know, did you have like weird behavior on set? Was the film industry worried about the image that you were going to be portraying with your long hair? Like why did your sort of like embrace of the counterculture make it difficult for you to get acting work? I think they were afraid of my curious mind. They were afraid of your curious mind. Yeah, all they wanted was robots who would do what they said. Of course. I said, what happens if you grow your hair long? Mm-hmm. 
I just wanted to know, you know? Yeah. What happens if uh, if you don't bathe for two weeks in a row? What happens if you hang out with famous musicians and do acid? What happens if you shoot yourself in the stomach? What happens? Turns out you you pass out after a while. Peter Fonda has a has a mind that is constantly searching. And then these these studio for information. Hits. They just want you to just eat up everything they give you. Stop just asking consume. questions, Peter Fonda. Stop asking questions. Just do what we tell you to do, Peter Fonda. Yeah, oh, I'm getting so mad just hey, thinking about it. Do you want to be an actor, do Peter you Fonda? Do you want an actor? Do you want a glass Stop of water? Stop asking questions. Can I get you a towel? <laughs> so oh, the long hair you said was particularly difficult. That was the that was the thing. Okay, it so was. you grew your hair long. That's right. Because you wanted to see what it would be like. And it was great. Yeah. Run your fingers through it. It's you, really fun. You love it. Can wear hats and then it just poofs out a little bit. And then you tried to get acting work with your long hair. That's right. And then what happened? Oh, I would go out for parts like uh, clean cut door to door salesman, <laughs> uh, priest of a small town. I'd go out for parts like uh, bald man number three <laughs> was one I remember. I read four and they were just now just dismissed me outright because I had a curious mind. Just because you had a curious mind. Were there parts out there? For men with long hair. Were there auditions happening that were like hippie man or oh, there, man there, with ponytail? There were, but I didn't like the way they were portrayed. You know, mm. these hippies were always smoking marijuana. I see. And I see. I also feel like there's something about your acting style where you, I feel like you could play anything. You know? Like, I feel like... Well, that's very was, kind of you to say that. If there was like a thing for like a, oh, I don't know, like a, a southern woman... You know, I imagine Peter Fonda going out for that. I did go out for a couple of Southern women, and I got, I did book that part a couple oh, really? of times. That's right, I did. I was uh, the uh, original uh, uh, Sally Field part in Steel Magnolias. I did not know that. Yeah. But obviously, if you watch Steel Magnolias now, Sally Field is in it. That's right, not me. What happened? Conflict with the director. So you filmed the entire movie as the Sally Field part in Steel Magnolias. That's right. We filmed every every single scene, and I was brilliant. And then what happened with you and the director? Well, uh, we were having a couple drinks one day, and he said, uh, you know, I think that uh, the studio system should make a big comeback. And I just started swinging. <laughs> started swinging. Punched out a couple PAs who were just in the hall. Oh my God! Did you have a little Donnie Brook? I we had a big Donnie Brook. Oh, there was shit. a big cloud of dust where you, all you could see was cartoonish hands and feet sticking yeah, out. Yeah, coming out and maybe uh, bolts. maybe little hashtag symbols hashtags, and curly cues, curly cues, yeah. asterisks, mm -hmm. at symbols. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. how you can tell uh, people are fighting and cursing. There was a cat in there. It was <laughs> that is the definition of a of a Donnie Brook. I like it when a Donnie Brook goes by some like unprepared food and then when it leaves there's like a meal set up that's you know that's what happens and all the food is eaten uh yeah so i got fired pretty quick uh, after that he said you can't punch random pas because you're mad at me for liking the studio system for liking the studio system and he said wow. studio system and i just lost it again that's interesting and i feel like this is all part of like your origin story for then making the great anti-studio movie Easy it's all Rider. connected it's all there man yeah man uh let's go back over to nelson mandela for just a moment so you eventually go away to college, and the college that you went to, the curriculum emphasized the superiority of English culture and government. Is that right? Can you believe that? I, I mean, it's Can very... Can you believe that, Jerry? That is not the truth, you know. It's very classic, like, uh, you know, imperialist philosophy to bring 
your culture to places and then talk about how much better it is than, than the place that you're in. Can you believe this nonsense? This stuff they were trying to teach us. Yeah. Yes, uh, that, you know, that uh, the lion was brought over by these people. That's Wait, what they were saying that the lion they, didn't exist? That is what they were saying. The lion never lived in, in Africa before. Can you believe this nonsense? Before the white man brought yes, the yes, lion? Yes, 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 Gerard. That's interesting. These these are the these are what the people are talking about. It feels like such a blatant lie. It's almost like 1984. Like, let's see if they'll believe this, and then we'll know how much power we have over them. Uh, like, was this something that was when when you learned that in school? Was everybody like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, lions? There were no lions in Africa before the white man. No, this is nonsense, Jerry. They also told us. They also told us that 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 they also made the clouds, Jerry. They made the clouds. Yes. Can you believe this? I mean, that's just this that's is so ridiculous. Arrogant. We we so know arrogant. we know about uh, uh, precipitation and uh, condensation, Jared. This yeah. is this is this is known to the people. Yeah, yeah. It is not. But uh, this is the imperialist bullshit, Jared. They're trying to brainwash the cultures that they're taking over. You know, someone had to do something. Yeah. So you eventually get uh, suspended from that university because you did a boycott. Against the quality of food at the school, is that right? Well, when you serve us nothing but uh, uh, oatmeal, <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, you were just at, asking at for some, trouble. At some point, we have to do a, a boycott. You know, I, I that was my troublemaking. I guess. Oh, some of your classic out. troublemaking. You know, yeah, there's only so many meals you can eat oatmeal, Jared. I, Did they say it was oatmeal three meals a day? Three meals a day, cold in the morning. Oatmeal, oatmeal bars in the afternoon, Jared. Wait, so like, but they would at least oatmeal give you fix casserole, it. which was nothing but oatmeal and and water, Jared. It was just like the the oatmeal we had just in like the morning. Just like regular oatmeal, yeah. What, what Did they is give this you fixings at least? Like, yes, put yes. some bananas. You can put some nuts, maybe uh, some bacon. It, no, it was it was uh, more oatmeal, Jared. <laughs> The toppings were just more oatmeal. Just more oatmeal, dried wow. oatmeal, frozen oatmeal, Jared. If you want a little crunch in your oatmeal. Here's a little bit of more oatmeal for you. More oatmeal, if you like. Can you believe this? Would you not boycott I would have well? boycotted it as well. I really would. Yeah. What did that boycott look like exactly? So if you're not eating the oatmeal, you know, I'm assuming that you're getting your meals from somewhere else. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So where did you guys eat? What did you do? Did well, you cook for your, each other? This like, is This is when... This is when my barbecue career began, Jerry. This is where the barbecue started. Yes. Everyone's yes. like, we got to eat something else. We got to we make our own food. This is bullshit. Yeah. And it, so you started barbecuing for the people. Yes, that's it. That is when, uh, that was when I was first experimenting with my, my sauce. With your sauce. Yes. And also, it seems like political upheaval as well. well. Yes. Uh, yes. The most important part. Yes. The part that everyone knows. Yes. Uh, also, I was experimenting as well with, uh, you know, other other things besides barbecue doing this this boycott. So this, barbecue, you're talking about like other foods yes, to feed other everybody? Yes, other foods, uh, yes. Uh, so what else were you doing? Uh, uh, creme brulee. <laughs> I, I failed. I failed with that. Oh, yeah. no, there's no such thing as failing in food. Well, when you it's try you, to make a, a... You're learning. It's yeah. it's a learning experience. No, uh, if you make a creme brulee that's not good... At least, but you learned how not to make it, and maybe you'll be better at it next time. Uh, to this day, Jared, the creme brulee, I, I poisoned half the students. Wait, what? Yes, it was, uh, it was people running to the bathroom, Jared. You poisoned people? Yes, the stomach, the stomach, the line to the bathroom, the, 
It was a disaster. You know, I'm thinking about the ingredients of creme brulee, and I don't think there's anything particularly in there that's that that it's could like be a, that. It's like a custard. Harmful. Yeah, exactly. Yes, well, you know. What I, did you put in it that I, made people so sick? Well, I, 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 I tried this my own recipe, Jerry. You tried to make your own yes. creme brulee. Well, I started with cream, of course. Yes, you know. sure. This is the way you start. This is the way you make. If the you're going to make brulee. like a cream-based dessert, yeah. Yes. But then I, I I added something, Jerry. It, it was uh, a steak. <laughs> Can you believe it? What R a fool I was. Raw Jerry. steak? Raw steak to, to, to bring out the flavor of the cream, mm -hmm. I thought. Interesting. I mean, it seems like you had so much success with the barbecue. Maybe you're like, I need to bring meat into the equation somehow. Well, meat solves all, all of the problems, right? Yeah, of course. Well, this sounds like an interesting experiment. I can see how that would have made people a little ill then. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't cooked properly or yes. maybe cross-contamination. Well, it was very, very rare, Jared. Very rare. Very rare, I this see. Steak. Yes, I, I, I seared it for one second on both sides. I thought this would be the way to, 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 to really bring very, out the flavor well, of you know, the meat. Very rare. You know, with very a creme rare. brulee, you're supposed to take the torch out and you're supposed to, like, uh, burn that, the sugar on the top so it, it makes, like, a crust. Yes, yes. And that, I can imagine thinking, like, that might be enough heat for the steak, too. Yes. Maybe I could just cook the steak with that little blowtorch thing. Oh. But I guess not. Uh, <laughs> we won the battle. We won the battle, Jerry. So you got some better food then? We got better food, yes. I'm very excited to hear it that. It was great. It was great. And speaking of uh, political upheaval, you know, you were not a stranger to that as well, Peter Fonda. No, sir. Uh, ah, you had a, a, a history with uh, pol politics as well in uh, 1966. And this, I think, might be your first, like political action mm -hmm. i could be wrong but this is the first thing that i think i saw i know exactly what Wikipedia. you're gonna say yeah you talk about the sunset strip riot that's the one that's the one okay uh so you know it might as well have called it the sunset strip donny brook mm -hmm. oh yeah you know? that would have worked better i think yeah so this is a donny brook that started because the city tried to enforce a curfew on the sunset strip is Can that you right believe this yeah i'm i'm curious like why they thought they needed that? What the enforcement was going to look like? It, like what? What was what was the deal? And how did you get involved? I was I was the first person to to fall under the curfew law. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. They started it because of me, and they enforced it on me first. So you are on the sunset strip. sunset strip. Okay. And I was selling T-shirts. <laughs> I was selling Batman T-shirts. That I had made at home, unlicensed, <laughs> Batman, the Adam West, Burt Ward, Cesar Romero. This is, of course, 1966. You have a, uh, you have a career. Oh, you have very, I'm doing very great. successful acting career. I'm doing very well. At this point. Very well. But you're deciding that you will also sell bootleg Batman t-shirts. I was a fan. On the you, Sunset Strip. I was a huge fan mm. of the Batman TV show. Yeah. Huge fan. So I just did it for love. Gotcha. I just went out there with these handmade hand-drawn T-shirts. I draw them myself with uh, with markers and paint. And how were these T-shirts selling on the Sunset Strip? Uh, not great. Not great, I'll be honest. Uh, I'd ended up giving some away to, to people who were just, uh, and they were like, oh, my windshield's dirty. I need a chamois. And so you, you give them one of your Batman shirts? Broken-hearted, I'd give them my handmade Batman shirt. Yeah, but at least somebody got the product then at least you're, you're getting it out there it's get it was getting out there that's what they call a loss leader yeah when you give something away to help your business that you hope will then create more business well that's, that was the idea just maybe give, give that, them away to for people who are 
just looking for things to clean up spills or yeah. Maybe just, that guy finishes wiping up his windshield and he looks at the it. shirt and he's like, "This is great." Says, "I got to watch this show. I got to tell all my friends about this." I wasn't interested in making money, as you said. I was doing very well. Yeah, you just wanted I to just spread some to awareness the show. about the TV show. I mean, two seasons. Come on, you know okay. that should have kept going for t- at least ten years. What? I mean, what a brilliant show. Let's get. Have to, you seen this show? Let's get to the riot though. Let's get to the Donnybrook. <sighs> all right. So then, what you should happened? watch the show if you haven't. Oh, I've seen it. It's, it's really great. Good. It's great. What are we going to do? We're going to take down the gap. We're going to eat some barbecue. We're and we're going to watch, watch some Adam West, Adam West Batman. Batman TV show. I am in. I am in. Uh, I heard there was a lot of fucking on that set, too. So uh, well, I that's the word on the street. Well, didn't affect the quality of the video. Or maybe it's because of that, that it was such high quality. That was such a good show. So you're selling your T-shirts on the Sunset that's Strip. Right. My, fan, my fan art. Somehow a riot breaks out. Somehow a curfew happens because of this. What's the story? Well, okay. So this family, this family was visiting Hollywood at the time. Mm-hmm. It's a family of of uh, tourists from the Midwest somewhere, I think. Okay. And uh, the the uh, the patriarch comes up to me and he says, uh, "Where's Man's Chinese Theater?" And I said, "Excuse me, I'm trying to sell my T-shirts here. I'm not a tour guide." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Sorry to bother you, sir." And I said, "Hold on, hold on." You don't just get to walk away from me. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to show the, your kids what it means when you disrespect another man. <laughs> and I just started sorry, swinging away. Started swinging away? Started swinging away. Peter Fonda, you yeah. can't solve all your problems <laughs> just by swinging away. But you know what? It worked. It worked for you, yeah. man. Because that his kids got involved. When you do something like that, you got a guy like Nelson Mandela who's, who learns from that and then starts a Donnybrook in the suburbs and ends up getting a bunch of his people, you know, forced out. Violence works. Some no, come on, man. We had a we Peter had a, Fonda. Don't put that out there. Hey, uh, I don't know what I'm putting out in the universe. Probably mm-hmm. bad. Probably bad. Don't listen to me. <laughs> It was the 60s. It was a different Peter Fonda time. Fonda says violence works. That's just, that's on the record now. That's recorded. Well, it worked for me. I'm not saying to solve every situation I like I think you that. might be that rare person that who is violent and things just happen to work out for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It worked uh, out, you know? It worked they, out for they, Tyson. They lifted the, you uh, know, who? Tyson. Mike Tyson. Oh, Mike Tyson. He's doing great. He's got a TV show now, he I think. He certainly does. Yeah. yeah. You don't get a face like Tattoo t- like that unless things are going amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are 20th century American actor, uh, director, and very violent man, Peter Fonda. Uh, I beg to differ, but uh, well, nice to be here. And former president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela. I am not as violent. Not as violent, <laughs> but still a little. Just a but little, a little inside, inside. Just a skosh. All right. Okay. So you then start this fight on the Sunset Strip. I'm guessing that the authorities come, yeah. and that's basically the say, yeah, yeah. it's past your curfew, Peter Fonder, get the hell out of here. Yeah, and I said, curfew? What the hell? Mm. The hell is this? Because nobody had ever done that before. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, so I ended up getting in a big brawl with the cops, mm. you know. And then it seems like... I said, you think I've never been shot? <laughs> I was shot when you were in diapers. And then it sounds like maybe the cops had to stick with the curfew to make it seem like it wasn't just for Peter Fonda. Yeah, they had a safe face. All right. Yeah, you yeah, know, this, this curfew's for everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's go back over to Nelson Mandela for just a moment. So uh, let's get back to 1940. Uh, uh, you go home from university to find that your guardian has arranged a marriage for you. So you flee to Johannesburg. I had to leave. Did you not like the idea of the arranged marriage? I Did you know the woman and you just didn't like her? What was the story? Well, like? I... 
the arranged marriage was uh, was was uh, it was such a bad idea. The woman, uh, we 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 grew up together. So you knew her. Yes, I knew her. I knew her very well. She was not a very nice woman. Ooh, mean lady. She was. She would pull down my my pants and laugh <laughs> when we were younger. But that just sounds like a prank. She it was like you were about pranks. Uh, no, uh, Jared, I, I I cannot deal with other people prank me. <laughs> I can prank other people, Jared, but I pranks people are, cannot prank me. Pranks are only funny when they you're the person funny. doing the prank. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Seems like there's a lesson in there that we could relate to apartheid, you know? Like, it's nice if you're the people in power. And listen, you know, they're, they're like probably, maybe. There probably is a, a lesson. You know, I, I dish out lessons every without even knowing but it. But you right? don't take them. Uh, well, you don't take I, lessons. I make lessons, Jerry. <laughs> When you make the lesson, you can you cannot take the lesson. There's nothing for you to learn. So inspiring. Yes. <laughs> yeah, write that down. That is a quote you can if keep. If you are dishing at the lessons, then you yes. don't need to take it. Wow. Yes. As they say. Okay. So this woman is doing pranks. Her name was Tina. She was so mean, Jared. Mean Tina. Yes. Pranking, pranking Nelson uh, Mandela. She would say, eh, eh, Nelson, look over there. And I would look and there would be nothing there, Jared. <sighs> she was a terrible, <sighs> terrible person. I had to flee. Of course. Otherwise, you get to marry that uh, that mean woman. That would be she the rest of She was so life. mean. Also, she was not pretty, Jared. <laughs> Jared. So then you get active in politics in Johannesburg. Uh, yes. You work as an activist. That was a job to her, Jared. That is me getting her back. Wait. I still haven't forgot. I still haven't forgot the pants pulling down, Jared. Wait. So, so wait. I call her ugly, Jared. Oh, I see. That, yes. this to is stick like, it to her. This is like a prank on Tina. Now. This is me not, not getting over it. Jared. All oh. of the so people she, that listen to this are going to know. That Nelson Mandela is not over this. I am not over that meanie. He is a petty, petty man. Well, when it comes to pranks, she had very good ones, Jared. Oh, I am, she had better I pranks. Am, I am just jealous. Okay, so uh, you start working in Johannesburg as an activist. You work with a man named Antoine uh, Lembede, I think is how you pronounce That's it. That's exactly how you pronounce Lembede. it. Lembede. And the two of you believed that there should not be other races and other groups of people fighting for black Africans and that black Africans should be, should be working by themselves for political freedom. Is that right? Eh, well, that was the way I felt back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jared, but the... I did read in the Wikipedia that you changed your mind about this eventually. Yeah, we changed. I changed my mind. But that's, it does seem like a weird handicap to give yourself if there are white people or Jews or Chinese people or whatever, they want to help. Why wouldn't you let them help? Then, What's the philosophy there? Then, you know, I was back then, Jared. I was very, very <clears throat> independent, Jared. Very independent. Yes, yes. Didn't want to get tied down I, by a Tina? No, didn't want to get... No, Jared. I, I, people would ask me, hey, I, Nelson, do you want a ride to, to the university? So It's so far. I said, <laughs> no, I will walk. I will walk the 50 miles mm -hmm. because I can do it. Okay. You know, did you feel he, satisfied like having that extra? I don't know. Like, I I was tired all the time. <laughs> this was part of the reason I changed my mind. It seems know. like there would have been an easy fix for that. Then, if yes. you were just accepted other people's help, it wouldn't have been so hard. Ah, uh, it was a hard lesson to learn. Can I ask you? Once you started getting into sort of like uh, you know, arrests, you got arrested a lot. You know, you had a lot of uh 
difficulty with the government. You were a wanted man for a while because of all your activism. I wanted to ask you about one of the things that they did to try to silence you. They banned you from speaking to more than one person at a time. Is that right? Yes, if you can believe it. My that's, words are powerful. It seems like kind of a silly you know. punishment. Like, that's not just going to stop you from organizing a rallying. That's going to stop you from, like, going to a dinner party. It was like I was in kindergarten. I was mm -hmm. put in the corner. What did that look like? Like, what did your day-to-day -day look like? Like, what if you want to say something to your wife and your child? Well, you know? I could not talk to them both at the same time. <laughs> so what did you do? Well, you know, I, 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 I would call one into the room. I would say, wife, go. Go and get the child. I want to speak to her. And then she would go and get the child. The child would come and I would say, child. I, I never call my children by their <laughs> names, Jared. I That's only good I, I never good call parenting. I never call my wife by her name. Mm -hmm. Yes. But uh, yes, and so then the, uh, she would get child and child would come <laughs> in. And then we would speak and then I would tell child to tell, you know, other people important things like mm -hmm. uh you know uh this is how we did business it also seems like uh, the, that's such an easy workaround like if you wanted to hold a rally still you oh. could just have somebody there with you and you could just tell that person to say to what to say to everybody right and you say, i'm only talking to one person i I, you know? I wouldn't i wouldn't say this was the smartest plan on there <laughs> On their account. Yeah. I see. Yes. So it, it, it did not. It did not stop me. Of course. Of you course. could just be behind a curtain like Cyrano de Bergerac. Ooh, yes. or, or the Wizard of Oz. Yes, I was just going to say the Wizard of Oz. Yes, yeah. just Cyrano like the de Wizard. Bergerac. Now I, we. <laughs> I like my example. <laughs> we are quickly running out of time here, so I think we got time for one more question for Peter Fonda. All right. Now you uh, got into a lot of trouble right before you passed away for some political tweets that you sent out about Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, after his administration started separating immigrant children from their parents, I'm just going to read all the things that you did. So you tweeted, "We should rip Baron Trump from the arms of First Lady Melania Trump and put him in a cage with pedophiles." Sure. I agree. Uh, you said that we should take uh, away the children from Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Sure. Uh, you called Secretary Kristen Nielsen a vulgar name and said we should put her in a cage to be poked at by passerbys. I don't see anything wrong with any of this. Uh, honestly, I don't either. They seem pretty on point for what they were doing then, and what they're still doing. This doesn't seem like that harsh of a thing. Did I say anything about Kellyanne Conway? On you there? did not. As far as I can see, you did oh, not say anything. Oh, now, some of these tweets you deleted and then apologized for. And so my question is, did you really feel bad about these tweets? Was this something you were told to do by, like, a manager or by, like, Secret Service? Like, were you threatened with a lawsuit? Like, why delete the tweets? Why apologize? Uh, unless you, you know, of course, felt like you did something wrong. Well, I stand by everything I said. I think okay. these people should be put in cages with pedophiles with, that have sharp sticks to poke them. Okay. Mm uh and the pedophiles uh well i guess the kids would be put into cages with pedophiles who would uh you know have their business with them i mean obviously that's punishment for anybody like sure. i don't want to be in a cage with a pedophile even though i'm not their target you're not their type yeah exactly <laughs> so you're gonna say <laughs> no i stood by every single one i stand by them okay. today uh, but I had to take him down because uh, I actually got confused about the character limit thing. Oh, I thought I you could see. only have 288 tweets total. So I just started taking down. I was like, this one's, so you this one's not as funny. 
as the other because I uh, I always like my tweets to really be funny. Yeah. So you thought you could only have a certain number of tweets, not yeah. a certain number of characters in your tweets. Yeah. And it was explained to me many times, uh, and I just didn't I didn't quite get it. Did I'm you, I'm from an older generation. Yeah, technology know. is difficult for old people. Yeah, it really yeah, is. Yeah. So I you know I took counted up. I was like, oh, two ninety two. That's too many tweets. As we are wrapping up, would you do you, do you remember any of the tweets that made the cut that you deleted these tweets so that they could stay? So that uh, they could. I'm just gonna say my funniest tweet. Right okay, now. go right okay. ahead. It was uh, uh, Baron von Cheeto. Uh, is the real Baron? <laughs> Baron. Because his what? womb is Baron. And he can't have kids, and that's why he puts kids in cages. Hashtag Baron Bonchito. <laughs> yes. Don't get this at all. It's what? it's got a lot of layers. Baron the Von... worst impulse, the worst insult you could say to a man is that he's he's barren and his womb is barren. I see. Uh, that is the worst insult. I gotta say, that. you know, now that I think about it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's it's a hundred, it's super funny. Yeah. And you, that I mean, one, who who wouldn't want to bear a child if you if you were able to? But I we, hope that was your pin. cannot. I hope that was your pin to tweet because that is that is solid gold. That I is was, Yuli's gold, I was, Peter I was, Fonda. I was Yuli's gold. That's right. I know what that means. <laughs> It's a movie you're in. Uh, so that is all the time that we have for this week's episode of Famous Dead People. I would like to thank my guests, Nelson Mandela and Peter Fonda, for joining me in the studio today. Last question. Do either of you have any comedy shows or Twitter accounts or comedians that you're really big fans of that you want to tell people about? Peter Fonda, anything you want to tell people about? Uh, follow D. Pacheco on Twitter and go to the Magnet Theater on Wednesday nights in New York City to see Good and Evil, the improv team Good and Evil. They are Quite a hoot. Sounds good. And uh, Nelson Mandela, anything you want to tell oh, people yes. about? Yes, I also enjoy the comedy, Jared. I, I go to the Magnet Theater on Saturday nights, Jared. The the ADX, the, the Armando DX experience. Oh, so good. 730. That's an incredible show. I highly recommend it. And uh, I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check it all myself at jaredberenstein.com. Uh, we have the next Stand Up 2020 happening on Friday. December 6th, that's 7 p.m. at the Pip Theater on 24th Street. All proceeds go to voting rights organizations. You can register to vote there. You can help out with some great nonprofits. Uh, rate and review the show. If you are listening to this on the air, find the podcast. All the old episodes are there, and they're hilarious. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and Facebook fan page for new videos every Tuesday. Hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, well, it was a different time back then, you know, 1969. Mm. The Beatles had just got, come over to the, <laughs> to the States. People I don't know if that crazy from works Beatle out for mania. the chronology, 1969. Mania is what they called it. I only uh, talk, uh, you know, to the people. The people know me. They know my voice. They know where I go. They know, they know who I am. You know, I, when I was president, it was a time of prosperity and, and joy, I, I think. I don't know. I was high most of the time. Yes, very high. <laughs> I smoke a lot of weed, like you, Jared. Eh? Yes, uh, last, yesterday I was high as well for Thanksgiving. You know, I had lots of turkey and dressing. You don't know about this dressing. It's a, it is a black thing. Uh, it is a, it is a cornbread dressing thing. It is very black. You know, very sudden. I have visited. This is like this Westworld. <laughs> I see dressing and I'm like, well, doesn't look like anything to me. Exactly. Okay. That is the way it is. Uh, uh, how do you feel? Uh, I think